Welcome to the latest episode of Let Me Tell You Something, where myself, Lorca Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross, continue on our 2019 journey to watch every match that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher that we can find. We've just finished another batch of matches that had nine New Japan matches and one Pro Wrestling Guerrilla match. You could argue that there's a lack of variety in there, but it won't be so bad this time for the next ten. This time we've got eight New Japan matches and two PWG matches. And what are we starting off with, Simon, for episode 91 of this? We're uh, starting off with installation. (laughs) Installment. We are starting off with a IWGP Intercontinental title match taking place on the 11th of February 2017, uh, where one Tetsuya Naito takes on the unbreakable Michael Elgin, who has appeared in this list before, but not via this promotion. Although it was via the promotion that he was in that he came to this point, because Ring of Honor and New Japan had a relationship at this point, and they'd been impressed by what they'd seen by Michael Elgin, and they'd invited him to take part in the G1 Climax. I think it might have been last year was his first one. And this is a funny one uh, to watch match, uh, because so much of wrestling was built around the native talent and the Gaijin monster and the native talent standing up for New Japan and Japanese integrity <laughs> and, and so on. And the heel, the monster heel Gaijin very often being like this foreign menace of sorts and using their bro- brute strength to try to outmuscle the more technically gifted opponent. Yeah. That had certainly been the basis of pretty much every New Japan match in the previous decade that have featured, uh, the previous two decades that have featured. Uh, Michael Elgin's closest in body type inheritor of Scott Norton. And oh, I think it was that look that made Michael Elgin so appealing to New Japan. They like that squat power lifter uh, look. And that is, you know, Michael Elgin's strength is the key, his key selling point throughout this match. Yeah. And he does a list I mean, of quite a few awed gasps with some of the moves he does. You said, obviously, Scott Norton in terms of spiritual body type um, guy. In terms of our list. And people who have appeared on it, Steve Williams. Yes, like some of Steve Williams. People. Yeah, yeah. I suppose with the more technical gift, um, and also you know Stan Hansen's a big burly dude as well. Yeah, uh, a lot of lariats being thrown in this match as well, although with more precision and uh, uh, intent than just a blind man wildly flailing his arms all over the place. Well, people with sight do tend to be more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, in this one, it is the Gaijin, the respectful Gaijin, who is trying to defend New Japan's honour, as he says in the video package leading up to it, that he'd watched New Japan wrestling since he was a kid, and it was a dream come true for him to wrestle here. Whereas to Tetsuya Naito, New Japan is a sh- sham. It's all a corrupt machine that screwed him over, and he's going to take it down from within and be really disrespectful as he does it. Yeah, he, 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 his body language, uh, especially for his ring entrance, is just a man that doesn't want to be there. Specifically doesn't want to be there with the IWGP Intercontinental title. This is just a great one of, again... Dragging it along the floor. You know, Vince Russo always said that the belt is a prop, 
well, it's a prop that can mean something. And this is a fascinating example of making the title mean something differently to what it usually does. In that the champion hates this belt. Thinks it serves no purpose and it screwed him over when he was supposed to have his moment that led to this... I guess you'd call it heel turn. He's certainly getting plenty of boos in this match. Especially compared to the G1 Climax match that we saw against Kenny Omega. Yeah. Uh, and, and Naito's not doing himself any favours. He is healing it up throughout this whole match. You sent me a message whilst you were watching it. Uh, comparing him to someone uh, you hold near and dear to your heart. Uh, yes. I, I, I basically, um, in our WhatsApp chat, said that um, Taitsuya... Tetsuya Naito is to Lorca what Masanobu Fushi is to myself. Although I must admit, I did think maybe uh, Naito went to the spitting well once too, once or twice too often in this match. Ah, uh, well, he does it a lot in the Omega match as well. Yeah. I, I think he, I think he just spammed that button a little. Yeah, it's a high spit festival. <laughs> hey! But yeah, to give you an idea of the story of this, uh, what's what's significant to again, New Japan just doing brilliant character. Can I just say that before. pun was phlegm nominal. Nice. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So he's looking at me like he hates me. <laughs> I'm not gonna hock you out on the spot, but hey. But um. <laughs> And this isn't a match involving Lex Lugie. But it's a match involving oh. Tetsu. Fair play. <laughs> he wins. He wins. Um, and Tetsu, so the reason Tetsuya Naito hates this belt even more than the heavyweight belt, because like we said, he after he lost both the Wrestle Kingdom ma- match, but he lost the main event status, to he'd finally challenged for the heavyweight title. He'd made his way up the ranks, done it fair and square, and followed in the, in the mould of his... Um, not master, but like his his you know previous generation um, flag bearer of Hiroshi yeah. Tanahashi. He went. He won the G One Climax. He earned that re- that Wrestle Kingdom main event spot, and then he had it snatched away from him by a match by the fans. by the fans, which was for the lesser of the titles of the Intercontinental Title. A belt he hadn't won at that point, and when he won it for the first time after winning the heavyweight title, like I said, when he won the heavyweight title, finally he wanted to make it like because you mistreated me, I don't care anymore. Uh, all I want to do is hurt the people that care. <laughs> so you know, you care about this belt now. I will show you that I no longer care about it, and I won't be your puppets. And he throws the heavyweight title up in the air. But like I said, this is a bratty teenager strop acting out essentially and there's a lot of that petulant teenager by Naito especially in this match like I say as he heals it up more but then when he wins the intercontinental title he goes one step further he abuses this belt as he'll make an entrance he will throw it against the ring steps he will step on it when he makes his pose at the end of the match he just threw away the heavyweight title the intercontinental title gets some uh, physical abuse gets slapped about basically And he successfully defended it against Hiroshi Tanahashi at the previous Wrestle Kingdom event that we'd seen Okada and Omega. So we got a measure of revenge there. Although mm. even then, like I said, the brilliant thing about this Naito is that it probably this Losingo Benables Naito probably is still an act, and that original Naito that cared is still there, and he's just a hurt 
child, essentially. Yes. Because when he did win that match against Tanahashi, for a split second at the end of the match, he gives a very short cursory bow to Tanahashi as he makes his way away. But that it's almost like he feels like that's a moment of weakness because now a month later... He doesn't want to. He doesn't want you to see that version of Naito at all in this match. Uh, a great, great moment just before the bell starts, where he's just pointing to uh, Michael Elgin's eye, going, "Oh, oh, remember when I did that to you?" Mm. That's a great bit in the. Um, it's just something about in the pre-match package where it just put where it pans to a man who like just got a massive bruise or like a massive injury. It's just like, oh, see, you don't. That, that cuts through the language barrier because obviously half of it's in English mm. with Elgin and half isn't. And it's just like, yeah, I, I murked him. I'm going to murk him again. So again, to say about one of the things I think Naito does that's amazing is looking like he doesn't care but making you care. And like like yes. acting as if it's not important but it is important. Important. So like I said, like he's really you know disrespectful. He doesn't want to engage with Elgin for a long time at the start of the match. Like Larry Zabisco would be proud of the amount of stalling that Naito does in this match. You know, another yeah. man that it's... turned on his uh, uh, master. His is a uh, that's you know, true. True. Uh, I do love the fact that he tranquilos and then he just rolls straight out of the ring. Like yeah, I'm still tranquilo. Just gonna chill for a bit. I made a lot of notes of the moves, but I don't really want to go into that so much. But I just want to say, like, the key, what's another thing? And so, like, the challenge. He's got two challenges here. He's got the challenge of not caring but caring. You know, yeah, not being affected, trying to be emotionless. But then, when there are moments, like there are moments in the match when he'll get caught with the move, and he will. He can't hide the fear of where he's gonna go. Like, what's gonna happen to me now? Yeah, there's moments. Got a guy as powerful as Michael L, and he controls where you go. Oh, God, does he control where you go? Um, what's making him spitting in Red Shoes' face? Ref, ref, you know, Red Shoes is just taking it and taking You know, he's had years of Bullet Club abuse at this point. He's just used I to suppose. it. Now. Yeah. But again, that's, the problem. that's one of the complaints I have about New Japan, that the referees are never given enough um, respect and authority. And yeah. Like Rodney Dangerfield, the amount of no respect they get. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm using no all respect. the references here, man. Larry Zabisco, Rodney Dangerfield, all the all the young millennials will be loving yeah. this. Um, um, and the eye rakes. We've talked about the spitting. Yeah, There's a lot, the eye a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I think we're close to double digits. We don't quite get there. Mm. Uh, it's definitely about between the seven to nine mark in this match. But I think one of the reasons that Naito probably does do that is because, again, one of the problems he has here is that he's got to elicit sympathy against a guy much, much larger than him. And, Ugh. you know, he's got... So, he does, like I said, the, the funny thing with Naito is that we see so much of Tanahashi still there. So, he is like... um, He's like the Superboy Prime. Now, there's a reference if you don't get it, but look it up. Uh, so, he does the, you know, the Tanahashi stuff of targeting the knee and trying to, you know, not, not letting up on it like his idol yeah. had done, you know? Uh, yeah, he uses, like... Um, smashes and like drop kicks more than like the dragon screw of Tanahashi. He but does the core try principle, to go for the so. dragon screw at one point, but if a guy's as big as Elgin, a dragon screw's kind of hard to do anyway. Yeah, guys as thick. Yeah, yeah. Two Yes, yeah. I don't youngsters with their language. Um, <laughs> but okay, let's just talk about some of the Elgin power moves throughout the match. Like he does this great. Th- what they do is they essentially have him very suddenly reverse a move that seems irreversible. Yeah. Like, maybe start off with the most impressive one straight away, when uh, Naito goes for a tope, a suicide dive, 
and oh, he catches just him. catches him and he's in a vertical suplex suddenly. Yeah. And what he like about... catches him, but he walks around with him. Yeah, he walks around and then gets himself very neatly in position. Like, he's got the time to properly position himself. He's not just going, oh, I've got to go now, because mm. otherwise I'm going to get overwhelmed physically. But yeah, he just does all these things. Like, he blocks a swinging DDT, turning that into a vertical suplex. At one point, he blocks a Hurricane Rana in the corner, top rope Hurricane Rana. Um, yeah, there's a lot of blocking and reversing. The thing that sticks in my head, it isn't a reversal. It's when um, Naito's on the apron and Elgin climbs the turnbuckle and he sort of just drags him semi-up from the apron into a superplex. Just Yes, that was a popular Cesaro move as well. That's a great one. Yeah. Just the deadlift weight with limited That's... control of your own balance, you know. Yeah. It's a beautiful way of like displaying strength. You just know that that's impressive without necessarily knowing why. It's like for some reason you know that the apron hurts more without necessarily having Michael Cole there telling you it's the hardest part of the ring. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, well, I maintain it's more relatability because everyone's hit their yeah. like, knee or back off the edge of something in their life. There's, I think what we should also applaud Michael Huggins to some fantastic selling of the knee, especially early on when he gets he's going for the... He's got him in a bunch of... Uh, he goes for a German suplex, but then clutches the knee straight afterwards. And then mm. they, they're getting into, like, a, a... He's hitting him with lariats, but they're from a standing position. because he And then when he tries to go for a run, he's really slowly hobbling. So it's like he's minimizing his movement until his knee can finally improve. Yeah, enough for him to go through, and he so There's he a spot the um, so he limps, mind games as well later on when he yeah, starts pushing yeah. his leg back into life. And so, because his movement's so slow, that allows Naito an opening. And what does he do? Very logically, he drop kicks the knee. Yeah, well, it's a big target. You can't go for it. Like when they do the slug fest, the traditional New Japan slug fest. At one point, Naito fakes to go for a punch, and instead just kicks him in the knee. <laughs> a little dick bag things that he does. Yeah. Beautiful. Elgin goes for a superplex. Naito attacks the knee and then turns it into a sunset flip powerbomb. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things, um, especially when he's working on the knee, is where Naito's got the figure four in. I love the way Naito treats Elgin whilst he's in that figure four. Yeah, smiling just, at him. And... Just really just winding him up, just mm. getting into his head. Um. People talk about like how like strikers in like football will um, back in before the days of VAR and what have you will try and get into your heads. And one of the worst examples, according to some centre backs in the nineties, was Ian Wright and how he would just wind you up and wind you up and wind you up until you just lost your composure. Hmm. Same principle. Yeah, but yeah, like Elgin does. Elgin's so impressive, like what he can do physically as well. And and, and then he will surprise Naito at moments when he's in, when he's in a vulnerable position. Like we were saying, like I was saying there, he was standing because he couldn't do the the lariat. And then later on, he really has to psych himself up to do that running lariat. And like you say, he sort of checks the knee like Mankind in Mind Games does. Yeah. And he's able to hit it. Uh, later on, Naito goes for a um, goes after his knees and charges at him. And then Elgin surprises him with a super kick with his good leg. Oh, that is that's a good moment there because it's just like bloody hell! I, I, I was I was impressed he could get that his leg that well, high, leg that more, thick, that high. Yeah, and an even more impressive feat. My favourite move of all when Naito does a reverse Rana, Elkin does do the full leap rotation, not you know looking like he lands on his head, whereas hopefully not. Um, 
yeah. Yeah, they do like yeah, they do two in a row, don't they? They mm. do the regular runner, then spike runner, as yeah. I like to call it. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a fun thing, because we were listening to this with Japanese commentary. At one point, like Naito has a real shitting grin on his face at one point. He's like, I have absolutely dismantled this guy. Yeah. Uh he gets because he got him in a surprise knee bar at one point and Michael Elgin barely reached the ropes. I think I had English commentary for this. Oh, okay. I had it with Japanese commentary because he's got a big smile on his face. Then they go onto the apron and he continues going after the knee on the apron and he spits at Michael Elgin. And at that point, the Japanese commentator says, No respect! Oh, no. Sorry. I'm getting my matches mixed up. Sorry. Yes. And also what's funny as well is that... um, Okada and Gado are on commentary for this whole match. Yeah. There's a whole other story going on that we don't know. Yeah. I get... How does Gado see? <laughs> that, that, that is... Ooh, you better quickly explain that, side. Right, okay. Unless you're some Mexican wrestling fan that's uh, abusing Tetsuya Naito. <laughs> it's just that massive bandana that covers half of his face as well. Okay. Drives me mad. His beard seems to start at the top of his head as well. <laughs> Gets bushier every time I see it. Mm. Do you notice that I think the more he worries about Okada, the curlier it gets. <laughs> like Piggy Long you stocking wa- or something yeah, like You that. watch the next Okada match. Towards the end of the match, I swear his beard's curlier. Mm. But Elgin like like gives Naito back at one point. He does a big taunt. Uh, then he does a sp- spinning back fist and a buckle bomb. Uh, oh, that's in for that buckle bomb, by the yeah, way. That's yeah. a nasty bump. Well, no, that's the buckle Death Valley driver. That comes afterwards. Naito, uh, hits, a, Naito hits a running Destino. Uh, but then when he goes for a second one, Elgin blocks it, turns it into a fireman's carrier, and then runs him into the corner with a Death Valley driver. Oh, no, no. I was talking about when he launched it. Like I, I was oh, talking okay. about the buckle bomb. Because he, he sort of ends up going lower than yeah. I remember how the buckle bomb is usually done and i don't know if that means he just catches all of his head mm. against the turn with the action replay, although what, go on sorry although the point you've made you've made me think about the death valley driver that's also well, a you big see bump. action replay and you literally see his head hit the mat first for night yeah. <sighs> giving he's got all that gorgeous hair mm. to try and and Stop here's Elgin. where we, we get a, a non-New Japan move being referenced after Elgin hits a... Well, Elgin goes absolutely mental on the outside. Uh, Naito goes for the eyes, uh, but then Elgin on the outside hits an apron powerbomb, then a running powerbomb into the guardrail, throws him back into the ring, and then hits his Elgin bomb, and that gets a two count. Yeah. And uh, th- so then what's he going to do? He's going to dust off the old burning hammer. Yes, he did. <laughs> Which he has little start little. calling, you know. So, yeah. you know, it's an all-Japan move, so... But it's still, you know... And not, because of the significance of it, he doesn't hit it. Yes. Uh, so they feel like they can kick out. But maybe they're, they're implying that this could be a future murder-death-kill move for Michael Elgin if he continues to rise up the rankings. But yeah, he, he does the burning, tries the burning hammer and... Naito turns that into another Destino, which at this point I made a note, is Okada giggling? Because it sounded <laughs> like Okada was giggling at what was going on. I think he's just loving the fact that a major rival's having a hard time with it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, comes to the end, uh, Naito ducks a lariat, hits a copo kick, a second rope Destino, uh, which also gets another two counts, but he follows it up with another Destino, a full Destino, with the arm ringer and full rotation yeah. so it's like it's like the 
like getting the Rainmaker with the full ripcord. And that's enough for the three count. At 36 minutes, 17 seconds. Yeah, now when I loaded up, I'll, I'll be honest, I had to overcome a bit of a natural preconception because when I loaded up the clip uh, for this match uh, and saw the t- length of time, I don't know why. I, I, maybe it's something was just about the way the Elgin-Richards match was wrestled. I was just like, oh, God, this is going to be long for an Elgin match. Yeah, really didn't feel like it. it it I was sucked, pleasantly surprised. It, it sucked you in. That was my. That was my. Um, uh, that was my final thing. It took because I wasn't loving it from the start, mm. but it was really drawing you in towards the end. But I do think it's a bit too long, and I do think there's a few too many big moves kicked out of. I don't think if you're Elgin and you hit an apron bomb, a guardrail bomb, and an Elgin bomb, that should be winning you the match. And if you're Naito and you do a second rope Destino, that should win you the match. I think yeah. personally. Um, so I'm not quite going five stars, but it got a lot better as it went along. Yes. Like, I, uh, I thought, I'm... like, for the first ten minutes, I thought, I don't see how this is five stars, but as it was coming towards the end, I say, okay, I can see why someone would give this five stars. Yeah. I don't give this five stars either. Um, I Not for the reason you mentioned, because that's sort of only just triggered in my mind, although I wholeheartedly agree with it now thinking about it. Uh, I, I just think Naito... Uh, there was just a slowness to this at the start. I mean, that's it, it intentional. Did, that's character work. It, it, yeah. I don't know. With Elgin, though, it just feels unnaturally slow. I, I, just, I can't put my finger well, on it exactly. doesn't want to go at that pace. And when Elgin finally does catch him, he then lays him yeah. out with a big lariat, like, immediately. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just don't know if there's just an awkwardness about him. It's just something not equating in my brain. Well, it's that thing just with, not clicking. With, with with a lot of these guys that come to New Japan, especially when he does, like, the Burning Hammer, it's like, are you just a tribute act? Or are yeah. you your own thing, you know? It's like yeah. how Samoa Joe didn't really get over with the Noah crowd because he was just a guy they'd never heard of doing moves from other wrestlers that they knew. Yeah. You know, it would be like a, a Japanese wrestler making a debut and hitting a Stone Cold Stunner and a rock bottom. <laughs> Hogan leg drop, blah, yeah, blah, Hogan blah. Yeah, Hogan leg dropping. You just um, don't quite know how to reference it. And I do think Naito does reach into the spit, definitely the eye rig, and also the spitting bag a little too much in well, this think, match. I wonder if that's a lot of the Mexican Rudo thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know enough about Lucha Libre, but I get the sense maybe that is a very Rudo way of doing things. Yeah, I but yeah, yeah, to me it just didn't quite gel smoothly enough to be five stars. Maybe if we'd seen more matches with traditional Technico Rudo, like you, you could see Art Bar, you could see Los Los Gringos Locos maybe doing a lot of this. You know, yeah, it's like how they were always going to the swimming thing in their match. You know, it's like if it ain't broken, <laughs> they fix it. You know, yeah. But again, like well, I said, yeah. it works Reaction. within the weakness of Naito's thing that he's just this petulant bratty kid lashing out and. Bratty kids aren't that inventive with their insults True. and everything. Just shut up, you know? I guess. That's essentially what... You're not my real dad! Well, you know, I'm, you know, depends on the household, that. But, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's nothing much left to say. I'd say people go and give it a watch, but um, it's not quite a five-star for me. Yeah. Uh, no, me neither, but it's still very fun. Simon, what are we doing for our next match on this series? It's still New Japan. <laughs> It is still New Japan. It's it two people two, with yep, returning faces. Two returning faces. Uh, we get to see Kazuchika Okada take off the headset and step back into the ring to take on... 
Oh, Waiting for God. Lorcan to see if he flinches the pronunciation. Katsuyori Shibata. First of all, pronunciation, not pronunciation. You do this even worse than Shibata. <laughs> it's pronunciation. Against Katsuyori Shibata. Shibata, but that'll do. It's not Shibata, but he batter him next time he sees him. <laughs> they batter. <laughs> Oh, if you, Hashtag uh, me too. Yeah, that's not me too. It's yeah, non-binary, non-binary batter. Yeah, I'm taking yeah, it to yeah. new homes. They too. There we go. Oh, how dare someone asks people to na- say something about them? That hurts me somehow. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> shut up, sixteen-year-old Swedish girl. Anyway. <laughs> if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, how can they do so? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the diff- free variant of Powerbomb Elgin hit in the go-home stretch of this match. My name is Lorcan Mullum. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A at the end of Tetsuya, N at the end of Elgin. That's my at email.com if you want to give me an email. But if you don't want to give me an email, get rid of the at gmail.com and just get in touch with me via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, and other things. Get in touch with the show at lntyspod at gmail.com. That's also lntyspod is our Twitter handle, and we have a Facebook page as well. Um, there's nothing left to say now except my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time.